Loving Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Praise, honor, glory, and adoration be unto your holy name now and forevermore. Father, we commit ourselves unto your care as we see the world, the signs are fulfilling very quickly, and we know that your coming is near. We check ourselves and we see that there's a lot of work to be done on ourselves to prepare us for your coming. We pray, Father, that this fellowship we have with you now shall work in us to bring us into a better nearness to you and that our character may reflect the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grant us of your Holy Spirit. Grant us understanding of your word that we may rightly divide this word of truth. Put your words in my mouth, Father, for the sake of your children who are listening, that we all may be edified and blessed and built up into the most holy faith. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 2. Babylon's leading citizen. There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Daniel sought the Lord when the decree went forth to slay all the wise men of the kingdom of Babylon because they could not relate or interpret a dream which had gone from the king's mind. Nebuchadnezzar demanded not only the interpretation of the dream, but the relation of the dream itself. They declared that the request of the king was beyond that which had ever been required of any man. The king, the king became furious and acted like all men who have great power and uncontrollable passion. passions. He decided that every one of them should be put to death and as Daniel and his fellows were numbered with the wise men, they also were to share this fate. Daniel was imbued with the spirit of Jesus Christ, and he pleaded that the wise men of Babylon should not be destroyed. The followers of Christ do not possess the attributes of Satan, which make it a pleasure to grieve and afflict the creatures of God. They have the spirit of their master who said, I am come to seek and to save that which was lost. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Had Daniel possessed the same quality of religious zeal, which is so quickly inflamed today in the churches, and men are led by it to afflict and oppress and destroy those who do not serve God after their prescribed plan, he would have said to Arioch, these men who claim to be wise men are deceiving the king. They have not the knowledge they claim to have and should be destroyed. They dishonor the God of heaven, they serve idols, and their lives in no way do honor to God. Let them die, but bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. The transforming grace of God was made manifest in his servant 
and he pleaded most earnestly for the lives of the very men who afterwards in a secret underhand manner made plans by which they thought to put an end to the life of Daniel. These men became jealous of Daniel because he found favor with kings and nobles and was honored as the greatest man in Babylon. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Babylon's Leading Citizen. We left off looking at how the events of this world is under control. Whatever wars are going on around you, the Lord knows how to select who among them is going to win the battle or how none of them will win or how both of me eventually have to put an end to it with incurred losses or he, he just knows how to do it. I remember the war where Israel, who were very sinful people, went to attack King Ahaz. The Lord was preparing destruction for Israel much later, but the Lord at the time, at that time, wanted to teach Ahaz a lesson. And he did teach him a lesson, but used Israel, which was not uh, a righteous nation, because after that, he dealt with Israel too. So, we ought to learn the lesson to calm down and allow God to be under control, to take charge of everything that is going on around you. Today, we will just see another part of that lesson, something we can learn based on the events that surrounded the dream of Nebuchadnezzar and its interpretation. When we read the book of Daniel chapter 2 and you see what really transpired there, the king called the wise men, the Chaldeans, the astrologers, not only to come and tell him the interpretation of his dream, but also to tell him the dream itself. I mean, to dream his dream. Though Daniel was able to do it later, we should all recognize that this request of Nebuchadnezzar was a very strange one, an impossible one. When he called these men and they said, tell us the dream, we will tell you the interpretation. Daniel 2 verse 8, it says, the king answered and said, I know of certainty that you will gain the time because you see that the thing is gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asked such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the king, except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was very angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon, which was including Daniel, of course. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, and that he would show the king 
the interpretation. Amen. So what lesson can we get from here? Daniel was not seeking his own safety alone. He was in no competition with these Chaldeans and astrologers and magicians. He loved them even though they did not worship the same God. And here, once again, he witnessed for Jesus Christ, showing the true character of Christ. His character was in stark contrast to the irrational and irreasonable Nebuchadnezzar. The king had no need to make such a rash decision that every wise man be killed because they couldn't know or dream his dream and interpret it. His demands were not even reasonable in the first place. To work under this king must have been a terror. What could have made him so unfeeling and, and, and rash? There are many things for sure, but I tell you at least one thing. It is that his food which he was eating. That food was well calculated to make him peevish, angry, violent and on fire for any reason. You see, when we read here now in Councils on Diet and Food, page 50, paragraph 1, it says, The abuses of the stomach by the gratification of appetite are the fruitful source of most church trials. Those who eat and work intemperately and irrationally talk and act irrationally. An intemperate man cannot be a patient man. It is not necessary to drink alcohol liquors, alcoholic liquors, in order to be intemperate. The scene of intemperate eating, eating too frequently, too much and of rich, unwholesome food destroys the healthy action of the digestive organs, affects the brain and perverts the judgment, preventing rational, calm, healthy thinking and acting. And this is a fruitful source of church trials. Therefore, in order for the people of God to be in an acceptable state with Him, where they can glorify Him in their bodies and spirits which are His, they must with interest and zeal deny the gratification of their appetites and exercise temperance in all things. They Then may they comprehend the truth in its beauty and clearness and carry it out in their lives and by a judicious, wise, straightforward course give the enemies of our faith no occasion to reproach the cause of truth." End of quote. So I am saying, there might be many things which have which would have informed the the behavior and character of King Nebuchadnezzar. But one thing I'm sure of is that anybody who eats that kind of food that was being served from the king's court will have a problem with patience and will act irrationally and talk and act irrationally also because of the kind of food they were eating. I'm not saying that's all the reasons, but I'm sure that that's one of the reasons why you can see these kings who will just get so angry, so impatient, so rash as to take away the life of innocent people. That was one of the things affecting Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Daniel was able to get the interpretation, to get the dream itself, and he um, told Nebuchadnezzar what the dream was. And we have seen that in yesterday, yesterday's... Um, devotion but i'll just read here after he had told the king the interpretation in daniel 2 verse 45 daniel said to him for as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it break in pieces the iron the brass the clay the silver and the gold the great god had made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter and the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet orders unto him. 
The king answered unto Daniel and said, O oh, for truth it is that your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldest reveal this secret. Now listen, it says, Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Amen. Here it is that Daniel is indeed made the leading citizen of Babylon. What does it mean to be a leading citizen of a particular place? In other words, you are the one who above all others seek for the prosperity of the people of that nation. You are the one who pleads on their behalf and defends them. Daniel pleaded on the behalf of the wise men and said, Why is the king's command and decree so hasty? Don't kill anyone. Spare their lives. Daniel, like we read in Comfort and Courage, page 251, paragraph 3, was imbued with the spirit of Jesus Christ, and he pleaded that the wise men of Babylon should not be destroyed. And this is the kind of spirit that the, children, the child of God should possess. It says, the followers of Christ do not possess the attributes of Satan, which makes it a pleasure to grieve and afflict the creatures of God. They have the spirit of their master who said, I am come to seek and to save that which was lost. I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Had Daniel possessed the same quality of religious zeal which is so quickly inflamed today in the churches and men are led by it to afflict and oppress and destroy those who do not serve God after their prescribed plan, he would have said to Arioch, these men who claim to be wise men are deceiving the king. They have not the knowledge they claim to have and should be destroyed. They dishonor the God of heaven. They serve idols and their lives in no way do honor to God. Let them die, but bring me before the king and I will show unto the king the interpretation. End of quote. You see, the truth itself is strong and does not need to bring error down as to destroy those who are perpetrating the error. If you are on the side of truth, you have no need to stifle the speech of those who are perpetrating the error because the truth itself can defend itself not by destroying those who are perpetrating error it is error that likes to destroy those who are perpetrating the truth why because when the truth comes out oh error cannot stand so for it to stand it needs to ensure that the truth is not spoken today we see people who are the opposite of daniel I remember there's a man called Alex Jones. I'm not in support of whatever he's saying or against him. I don't really know much about what he's saying. Who can verify the truth of what Alex Jones says? Or the other man called Mohammed Farah. In 2018, that's Mohammed Farah Khan or so. In 2018, these men were deplatformed from all social media handles. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and even if you talk about them, I saw a video recently where someone who was trying to do a documentary on Alex Jones was also deplatformed. Why do this? This is the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. If you know that you are on the side of truth, you don't need to cancel anyone. Why? Because the truth itself is strong. It will stand by itself. You don't need to attack those who are on the side of error. 
the very fact that you try to attack them shows that there might be something about you that maybe about what those people are saying that is true had god attacked satan because many people say oh why didn't god just destroy satan when he was doing what he was doing in heaven that is the spirit of nebuchadnezzar god promotes liberty of conscience he knows that the truth can stand by itself and anyone who wants to select the error it is because you love to do error but the truth when you see it you know that this is the truth daniel did not need to destroy the lives of this man he wanted to save them he does he didn't need to bring them down so that he can stand comfortably no it is error that is threatened by the truth he who lives in the truth does not fear those on the contrary side he does not seek for opportunities to destroy so that he can stand comfortably the wicked cannot stand in the face of the one who lives in truth hence it is a general principle for them that those who live in this wickedness seek to destroy those who live in the truth the the life of a godly man is a constant rebuke to them daniel did not need to see the astrologers dead they were a pitiful spectacle and he desired to lead them to the truth just as much as he desired to lead the king to god this is the reason he didn't delight in their death proverbs 24 verse 11 and 12 says if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain if thou sayest behold we knew it not Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul? Doth he not know it, and shall he not render to every man according to his works? Daniel was not thinking of how the death of these people would benefit him, and then maybe because of that he will keep silent. If he saw them as his competitors, he would want to see them dead. But that was not the way he saw them. He saw them as people who were delivered to death and he interposed to save them. This is what makes him Babylon's leading citizen. Conflict and Courage, page 251, paragraph 4 says the transforming grace of God was made manifest in his servant and he pleaded most earnestly for the lives of the very men who afterwards in a secret underhand manner made plans by which they thought to put an end to the life of Daniel. These men became jealous of Daniel because he found favor with the kings and nobles and was honored as the greatest man in Babylon. End of quote. What this reminds me of is another character displayed by people where they wish people dead just because they know their future. You know, Daniel knew these men are potential troublers of his own life. But he didn't say, oh, I have seen the opportunity now. Even though they've not yet done the evil, let me destroy them. No. Sometimes people hear the story of Hitler and maybe all these other wicked men and they feel like, I wish these people were never born. What if you knew the future of a particular child and you knew that this child was going to be evil? Is that justification to destroy the child when the child is not yet evil? These men had not done anything wrong by not knowing the dream or giving the interpretation and Daniel stood for their rights. But then, who are the people today? As we just read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 11 to 12, it says, If you forbear, if we forbear, to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if we say, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall he not render to every man according to his works? So, who are the true people today who are drawn to death and ready to be slain? 
It is the whole world who do not know God that are drawn to death and ready to be slain. We must also have this character of Christ and reach out to people who for lack of truth are drawn out to death. The magicians and astrologers did not have the truth and Nebuchadnezzar was going to destroy them. They were going to perish for lack of knowledge because they did not know the law of the Lord. We are not to say that we did not see or we did not know about it. It is a duty of all who are privileged to know the truth and who have received of it freely to do what they can to help those who are perishing for lack of truth. Hear these powerful words now applying to us today from the book Gospel Workers of uh, 1892, page 434, paragraph 1 and 2, it says, We who are living in this age have greater light and privileges than were given to Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and other ancient worthies, and we are under correspondingly greater obligation to let our light shine to the world. Wow. Remember what we were just talking about. Did Daniel have greater light than these men? Yes, he did. He was under obligation then to ensure that this light shines to them. That is what it is for us now. We are even in a better situation than Daniel. We have greater light than him. Our obligation is then greater to let our light shine to the world. I continue the reading now. It goes on to say, God has made us the depositories of his law. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ and we are to follow in his footsteps to represent him before the world. But are we faithful depositories of the truth? Correctly representing it amid the spiritual declension and moral corruption that now exists? Are we doing all that we might and should do to diffuse the precious light of truth? Brethren, you see the truth. You understand the claims of God's law. You know that no willful transgressor will enter into life. And yet, you see that law made void in the world. What is your duty? You are not to ask what is convenient for me, what is agreeable, but what can I do to save souls? There is a great work before us. The world is to be warned. This work calls for the exercise of all the talents that God has entrusted to our keeping. He has given us abilities that enable us to exert an influence on other minds. We have talents in the pen, the press, the voice, the purse, and the sanctified affections of the soul. All these talents are the Lord's. He has lent them to us and he holds us responsible for the use we make of them for the faithful discharge of our duty to the world. We may come very near to Jesus. We may commune with him and having found rest and peace to our own souls, we may show forth to others the beauties of true holiness. End of quote. And I say, Amen. You see now, this passage, it's, it, it's, it, this thing we've just read now is just telling us plainly what our duty is. We have a responsibility. And we will be guilty, like we read in Proverbs 24, we'll be guilty if we say 
we know the truth and yet we are not giving it out to others we have a responsibility an obligation upon us to as we see like the chaldeans and magicians and astrologers who were ready to die they were perishing for lack of knowledge and we have that knowledge it is us like daniel who are to save their lives by giving that message of truth and i hope that these words i i just read sinks into our minds mothers you have a greater responsibility to your children who do not know the truth fathers you have a greater responsibility to the whole of your family who do not know the truth have you learned it pray for your children pray for your husband pray for your wife pray for your friends and having prayed seek for the best opportunity do not be rash do not be overzealous but seek for the best opportunity to present the truth to them little by little take it easy with them but have an intention to eventually give them the truth as it is in jesus it is this is the work that daniel did because of the responsibility of the vision that he received and the interpretation of it that he did not work for he received it freely and he did not see any reason why anybody should die because they were not connected with god he had an advantage that they did not have and because of this advantage he felt it his responsibility to protect those who did not have that advantage do you feel the same way or do you go about your duties and your life let me not say your duties now do you go about your life careless of those around you who are perishing in sin do you go about your life careless thinking oh i am saved i know the truth but they don't they will perish oh the lord says if you say i do not see i do not know i he's watching you and he will like he said he will repay he says doth he not know and shall he not render to every man according to his works god render to us according to our works we have a responsibility because we have greater light and we must give out the truth to others you see this other this passage i just read now proverbs 24 has another meaning for us who are those that are drawn to death and ready to be slain there are others that it also applies to these wise men being unjustly treated the king was oppressing them his demands of them was unreasonable and so daniel gave him a mild rebuke when he said in daniel 2 verse 27 and 28 daniel answered in the presence of the king and said the secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men the astrologers the magicians the soothsayers show unto the king but there is a god in heaven that revealeth secrets and make it known to the kingdom Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days he made it clear to Nebuchadnezzar this whole um, expedition or this thing you want to do in killing these men look they cannot give it to you you are requiring of them something that is impossible it's only God who can do it so he was a bit rebuking him a bit so here it was wholly out of place for Nebuchadnezzar to try to kill these men because of an unreasonable demand he made from them Daniel did not keep quiet he stood for justice and mercy and truth thereby showing the true character of God these men owed their lives to Daniel because even if Daniel revealed the dream if he did not plead for them the king would still have killed them to keep quiet would have justified the king who tries to kill his brothers much later as if Daniel had kept quiet in the future Daniel did not know but later on we will see uh, his brothers were going to be killed by the same rashness of the king now if daniel had not spoken in favor of this man what would have given him the effrontery to speak much later if he wanted to or to feel that the king was doing wrong when he wanted to kill his own brothers 
If Daniel didn't speak here, then it would have justified the king's actions when he tried to kill uh, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he would have had no right to feel that when he was also thrown into the lion's den, that it was unreasonable or it was wrong. We just read now in Proverbs 24 verse 11 and 12, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it, and shall he not render to every man according to his works? You see, Daniel in this matter stood for what is called liberty of conscience and the rights of the people. He indeed was Babylon's leading citizen and he spoke in favor of the life of the people. God knows our hearts. We are to stand for the liberty of conscience of others. Just because we are not the victim of injustice, we may keep quiet and feel unconcerned because the act of injustice does not harm us but favors us for some time. But God sees it and knows it and he will render to us according to his works. What would Daniel have done were he to be around during the lockdown when people's rights and liberties were taken away from them, when many people were being forced against their will to take vaccines and some were even pre imprisoned and fined and their bodies were they considered it defiled as the body temple of God? What would Daniel have done in such a time? He would have pleaded against it. Just like Daniel and his brothers were going to be victims of an irrational decision of the king and the abuse of power of the government, God's people are also one day going to face the same thing. We are not to support anything or anyone who uses their power unjustly to destroy people who do not give in to their demands because to do this will be to justify the actions of the government in taking away our religious rights. Today, there is this cancel culture mob like Nebuchadnezzar. Though Nebuchadnezzar was about to kill the people for not doing what he wanted, the cancel culture mob today wants to punish people who do not have the same ideas as themselves or who won't believe the same things as them or speak exactly as they would want them to speak. They are angry. Hating and having no argument to sustain their views, they lose any debate. And when debate is lost, slander becomes a tool of the enemy. They are like Nebuchadnezzar. And when we support their ways of dealing with issues by punishing those who do not agree with them, I mentioned earlier Louis Farrakhan. We also have people like Alex Jones who are being punished just for not towing the line of the government. When we support such ideas, then we are not reflecting the image of Jesus. We are not worthy to bear the name Christian. We are reflecting the image of who? Nebuchadnezzar, who did not like to see people who were of a different view from himself or who would not just give in to the demands he wants. He cancelled them. You are like Nebuchadnezzar, but you say, oh, I'm a Christian. Were you supporting that, that what the world did in that time where they were taking away people's rights? No, we shouldn't do that. Reading from Desire of Ages, page 22, paragraph 1, it says, The exercise of force is contrary to the principles of God's government. He desires only the service of love, and love cannot be commanded. It cannot be won by force of author or authority. Only by love is love awakened. Amen. End of quote. Like Daniel, we are to appeal against the use of force against people who do not fulfill unreasonable demands from the government or whose religious rights are infringed. 
especially when people's rights to worship and freedom of religion is taken away from them by the government. We are not to be indifferent towards this, but we are to use our power to relieve the suffering and oppressed. This is a very important matter as we come to the end of time. Do not support any scheme or decree or bill made by the government to punish people for their faith, for their religious views, for not meeting to unreasonable demands of the kings and the rulers. Do you remember Shimei and David? How Shimei was throwing sand at David? Did you see David raise up a hand against Shimei? He did not touch him. Who could have done that to Nebuchadnezzar? King David showed the spirit of Christ. Shimei had his right to say whatever he wanted to say. Shimei had his right to believe whatever he wanted to believe and he shouldn't die for it. But look at the world today, cancelling people for believing what they want to believe, for saying things they want to say. They have not even thrown any sand at anyone. They have not taken stones like Shimei did to David. Just the mention of a word and people want to give that spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, Abishai and Joab and say, let us go and cut his head off. You are no different from them if you, in your heart, secretly in your heart, support such things. When you see people deplatformed from Twitter and Facebook and YouTube because of something they said or something they did not say, something they did not support. That's what happened to these men. And if we are like Daniel, we will not support any such things, but we will speak against it. You see, this example of Daniel is very important for us. And what was the result of it? Daniel 2 verse 46 to 49 says, Then the king fell on his face and worshipped. And what did Daniel do? He used his influence to request that his brothers be in charge of the whole province of Babylon. Amen. May the Lord give us the grace to reflect this image and remember, we have greater light and we have a greater obligation and responsibility today that we may bring people into the light of the truth who are perishing in error. Let none think that faithfulness to God is a disadvantage. That's another lesson we learn from here. Faithfulness to God is not a disadvantage because it is not by any means. Daniel and his brothers were made the leading citizens of Babylon because of their faithfulness to God. In this position, they could have greater influence for good and also continue to maintain the highest principles of God on a higher stage unapologetically. They had no one to fear or suck up to. They had only God as their master and God could trust them to handle such positions because they proved themselves to be faithful. They did not compromise one iota of principle to get to be the leading citizens of Babylon as representatives of God. They had proven themselves faithful in little things in the matter when they were in school that they refused to eat the king's food. Those were the little things. They proved themselves faithful and God could trust them with much. Daniel 2 verse 49 then says, Then Daniel requested of the king that he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Amen. Faithfulness and little things will take you a long way. Some people feel that if you are conscientious to the word of God, that you will never go anywhere, that you have to cut corners sometimes and you know make some compromises. These children, they made not one compromise and it did not stop them from rising to the highest position in Babylon. Let that be a lesson for all of us. Do not think that faithfulness to God is a hindrance or an obstacle to your progress because it is not by any means. It is the key to your success. And may the Lord make all of us who are faithful to God, who do not compromise one iota of principle, to rise in this world and be citizens for God wherever we are. Let us pray. 
Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the words we have heard now. We pray that these words imbibed in our lives will make us reflect the image of our Lord Jesus even more. Transform our characters and help us, Lord, to realize the obligation and responsibility resting upon us and fulfill it faithfully and bring those who are perishing out of death and save them with the truth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be
Shalom. Bye.